gosh, please. Oh, please. You all tucked in now? Well, here we go. These are the breaks. Cheats. Boom bap. And beyond. Yo, yo, what's good, everybody? Uh, welcome again to another episode of Breaks, Beats, Boom, Bap, and Beyond. We are on episode number 12. Uh, thanks again to everyone who's been listening, liking, commenting. Uh, recently, I got some really nice feedback from some listeners, so I really appreciate that. Any feedback, any type of uh, uh, um, comments, you know, are, are appreciated. Uh, so today I got a very special guest, uh, someone I've actually known for a while, but despite me knowing him for uh, a while, I don't know too much about how he came up and how he got involved with hip-hop and even the things that he's doing now. So I'm really happy to have my next guest here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, b-boys and b-girls. Today in the house we got Mr. Marcos Lara. Hey, that's good to be here, Vic. Thanks for coming by, man. I know you're super busy with all the uh, stuff that you're involved in now that we'll talk about, but I uh, just really appreciate you stopping by, man. Oh, it, it's an honor to be here. <laughs> Do you, so, you know, with all my guests, I kind of know them to a degree or been acquainted or I've heard about them, but do you remember the first time you and I actually met? I don't. I don't remember the first time. I mean, I remember that, uh, I mean, a lot of it was uh, through Dreamer. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Dreamer, who was uh, Ricardo Senna, who I had a few weeks ago. So I, I knew of you because of him, because you were rapping with him. Yeah. But the first time I actually met you in person, and again, to a lot of my younger listeners, you know, me personally, you know, being 35, uh, when I, I would hear about people, you know, I, I couldn't, we didn't have the luxury of looking people up. So yeah. I, I might have saw you on one of his CDs or something, but I, I knew who you were to a degree. But you and I met at the YMCA, uh, the downtown location. Uh, we were on the second, I have a very good memory, by the way. We were on the second floor where there was like uh, foosball tables and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I said, hey, what's up, man? Uh, and I think I, I might have called you a Sotlayer freak or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I said, I'm Vic. And he said, oh, wow, you look a lot like John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first I, thing I remember that conversation now, yeah. Uh, so I just, and you do. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and again, for anyone who knows me personally, I, I was about 18 at that time, so I didn't have a beard or a mustache. I was yeah. very, like, baby-faced uh, and had a lot more hair. <laughs> you could totally pass for a Colombian trying to pass for a Puerto Rican. Oh, okay, that's cool. I'll take that. I'll definitely <laughs> take that. That's what John Leguizamo did. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Man, and uh, speaking of John Leguizamo, just side side note, man, uh, yeah. his huge accomplishment with his Encanto, uh, port, uh, the movie Encanto, he plays a character named Bruno, and there's a song where they say, we don't oh, talk, we about, don't talk about him. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry for mentioning him, but it just like, uh, yeah. it's done more numbers than uh, Frozen, than Let It Go. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, you, I, haven't, I, I still haven't seen Encanto. And yeah, no, I didn't even know John Leguizamo was involved with yeah, that. Yeah, he was the one we don't mention. Yeah. He, yeah. And I, I, like, I knew I recognized his voice, but I didn't recognize it. And I've always been a big fan of his. And yeah. the movie's yeah. cool. If anyone hasn't seen it, you know, even if you don't have kids or whatever, it's an awesome movie. Anyways, all that aside, um, so, uh, the the guest who I had a few weeks ago was Ricardo Senna, also known as Dreamer. When he kind of got out of, so he had mentioned you because he went to Lincoln. Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, so what you were were you working at Lincoln Middle yeah. School? Or? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was the teacher. Yeah. Were you really? Yeah. Uh, like just like a like a straight up teacher, English yeah, teacher or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I was. Uh, I was teaching like math and reading and. 
Shoot, I don't even remember all the subjects they had me teaching. But sure. Yeah. And I, you know, I was always intrigued by the stories he would tell about you because he said, yeah, man, there's this teacher named Lara who, who lets us practice. He lets us break. Yeah. And, you know, in the schools I had that I went to, and I'm not saying there wasn't any teachers that were down with it, but it just didn't yeah. seem like it. And there wasn't any that I remember much Latino representation as far as like the schools that I went to. So I was like, man, there's a, you know, like a Latino, like a, a teacher, like in your school. I, I, that to me, that was unheard of. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the fact that he, you will let him and his friends like practice, like I thought that was really cool. Like how did that, how did you and uh, Ricardo's relation come, relationship become about? Man, uh, I like for me, like, I remember when I was in school, like there were certain teachers who you know who really you know took me under their wing, and you know they saw talents in me as, as a writer and such, and helped nurture those. And I think, and also, I mean, I just remember, you know, how hard it was you know, being a, a Latino in the Rockford school system. So any time that I saw someone that I could you know I could help you know make his life a little better, you know help him highlight his talents as opposed to, I mean, well, I, mean, I think anyone who's heard his music knows that, uh, you know, he, he's, he faced certain challenges. Sure, he created sure. certain challenges yeah. for himself. And if I could, uh, get him to focus more on the, I'm not trying to make kind of Vlad interview. So, you know, no, so anytime you can get someone to focus more on the positivity, right. It's like, cool. Then, um, and then I wanted uh, to do that. And so, I mean, with, with Dreamer, I saw someone who was a, a brilliant poet, a brilliant artist. And, I mean, he was always breakdancing. It was just one of those things where it's like, it wasn't so much about allowing him to. It's like you'd be standing in line for the bathroom. All the time. It's like you yeah. turn to yell at one kid, and you turn around, and he's, like, doing a handstand or something. You know, right. he's like, you know, it's like. I, I think the fact, you know, we're so used to people telling us not to. Or, yeah. that, you know, either it's too dangerous or, you know, just uh, people were would automatically assume that the crowds we were running in were, you know, bad crowds when we were doing the opposite, you yeah. know? So I think without, you know, vicariously, you, like, really uh, helped them, uh, uh, like, avoid those situations by... And that was my intent, yeah. Giving them that and environment. Then, and there's that, that whole balance, and, of course, also with, like, uh, uh, with, uh, with, with the school and... and and making sure that I'm following those rules and stuff. And that's, like, why I think we had, like, an after-school, like... Like, after school, I would just, like, go and uh, and hit the gym. And, you know, they had to hit the weight room, mm. you know, and just lift weights. And then I think, like, you know, Ricardo and some of his, uh, you know, his other, you know, compatriots and break names, yeah. you know, the B-boys, like, you know, they joined me and stuff. And, like, you know, maybe they did practice, uh, you know, some moves then, too. I mean, it's not like we had, like, a full-fledged, like, okay, you know, first, uh, you know, solve the story problem right. and then bust out a flare, you yeah, know? Yeah. Or, like, if they were, like, during recess, like, you know, there were times that they had to, like, you know, stay inside because of rain or snow or something. You know, they might be, like, doing some moves or stuff. And it's like, okay, it's like, hey, you know, you guys can't do any, like... Um, and he had spins and stuff, you right. know, and certain, yeah, too, yeah, yeah. But I mean, just like, I mean, in a lot of times, it wasn't, you know, it was just like simple things, like popping and locking. Does right. that mean no, no one's gonna like, you know, no, no one's gonna break a hip popping and locking, right? Well, that we know of, you might pop it too hard to the <laughs> I, left I or guess something. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, because I, I went to Flynn and and I would, you know, I, I would only see Ricardo like in the street, you know, at other people's houses or at you know certain events, but. When he told me that, I was just like, wow, I can't believe that someone's actually letting you guys do that. 
because like i mentioned before we, we were just used to being told no we'd break in the hallways yeah. we break in gym it's like nope you can't do that and it's like yeah. we're just dancing man like yeah. think of i could tell you 10 things worse i could be doing right now so i think yeah. that was always cool and i i always i was always very intrigued by that up until the point that i met you i was like wow there's, there's, there's somebody out there that's really looking out for us um you know like like how they say you know i'm, I'm my brother's keeper and it's like we got a you know a latino guy out yeah. there and he's just he's holding us down um and i just i was always i, I appreciate that because that inspired me like yeah. believe it or not you know that's good man uh, that's that's awesome to hear that. throughout the yeah. years and i, I wanted to tell yeah. you in person i got you know on this Thank format yeah. for people to know that um you know you can inspire someone by not even knowing you know you you saw a kid breaking you're like ah, let me give him a, a spot you yeah. know but when he would tell me i'm like shit like you know like we had to find some people to to network with um but so to to even take it like way way back you know um so I'm, I'm gonna talk. Speaking of Bruno, actually, which is uh, it's funny though that we talked about Bruno, which we're not supposed to. But yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the thing with Bruno in that movie is that he's a stigma of the Latino family, and they don't talk about him. Okay. Okay. So a stigma that we have amongst ourselves, uh, and I'm guilty of this. I haven't been guilty of this for maybe 20 years. Okay. But you know, so my guest Marcos, you know, very intelligent, very funny, very Hispanic-looking person, but the way you carry yourself, you look like a rocker, you know, yeah. you kind of gothic and stuff. Yeah. Within our community, though, we might look at someone like you and say, oh, he's on that white people shit. Yeah. You, you know? But then, but then which is funny, because then that's just like an in, uh, in ignorance of, uh, of our own culture. Yes, ex- 100%. I mean, I mean, you know who the, who was the very first punk rock band? I know you know this one. Oh, no. Los Psychos from, okay. from Peru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Facts, yeah. yeah, and it's and it's yeah. like that's something that uh, a, a, you know one of those stereotypes that me personally I'm always like, you know, to me you're just someone who you've always known who, you, who you've been since yeah. the first time I met you. Like nothing's changed. You've been the same, yeah. you know. And I know a lot of people from back in the day who now are like, you know, they were little cholillos and now they're like rockers. Yeah, been back twenty yeah. years. They're like, oh look at that. Um, so w- what I'm trying to get across is like, when did you like get into like hip hop, or did you get into punk rock first, or where was your? Well, I definitely got into hip hop first, but I never really knew. I will say this: I never really saw, you know, growing up, I never saw hip hop as being separate from rock and roll. And did you grow? I'm sorry, did you grow up in Rockford? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. born and bred all my life. Sure. You know, and uh, so, uh, for example, I remember like one of the first albums I ever got was. Um, was Fat Boys crushing? Okay. I mean, and that's full of like electric guitar and you know and and rock beats and yeah. all that. So it's like okay. I mean, this sounds like. I mean, this doesn't sound that different from let's see who else was popular at that time. It's like okay, it doesn't sound that different from let's say Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. except it's a little harder. Right. Yeah. I mean, except that you know, they're not living on a prayer. <laughs> right. Um, I feel like the, some like the first song, like some of their biggest songs were like, okay, these collaborations with the Beach Boys and with Chubby Checker, mm-hmm. who were you know who were icons of right. rock and roll. Yep. So I didn't see something that different. You know, Run DMC, you know, was the biggest rap group at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beastie Boys. So I mean, these are all people who incorporated rock and roll. I mean, Run DMC and Run DMC's first guitarist was uh, Eddie Martinez. Another Latino. Okay. You know, DMC himself then wound up years later finding out he's yeah, Latino. He was uh, yeah. And then uh, their next guitarist, uh, well, I don't know if it's immediately next, but like on Down with the King, yeah. Tom Morello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then what do you do next? Rage Against the Machine. Right. Yep. So, uh, I mean, to me, I didn't, 
I didn't see that. I didn't see that border. Okay. I didn't see that border between the two. So then it's because like, a lot of people do. And, yeah. And, and actually, that you mentioned Rage Against the Machine, I, I I was only looking at borders until I heard Rage Against the Machine yeah. for the first time, and that like completely uh, just opened my mind. And you know, uh, you know, I have a lot of hip hop fans who are listening, and that's kind of like the narrative of this uh, podcast. But if you're not familiar with Rage Against the Machine, it's a band that I highly recommend. They're really um, I mean, I hate to say the word, but like really fusion stuff. I mean, the the yeah. the, the drums are really rocking. The, the you know the bass is really like more Bootsy Collins and Rick James than anything. Uh, yeah. The guitar player was doing like more. He was doing scratches on his guitar, and then the yeah. vocalist was you know he was doing the screaming and stuff, but he was also rapping, and he also had a message. Uh, um, and I one probably my favorite band of all times. You know, um, so that's 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 cool that that you really didn't see any like type of like hard lines between yeah. music because i feel like a lot of us um you know back then we did you know especially like coming up uh the type of families you know latino families is just like oh, that's you know black people music that's white people music you know well you know even with my family well one i mean with my family I, and i'll say this i remember um i mean one you know uh, my dad's mexican my mom's bolivian mm -hmm. so i even had like that mixture within my own family right. it's like okay you know it's like all right i'm dealing with multiculturalism from the you know second i popped out the womb right the get -go. and then uh, i mean and my parents were, were good about educating themselves so uh and they they could you know they could observe and synthesize mm -hmm. you know so they could uh take that information that they were taking and analyze it and see and then they saw like okay we can treat it the same way black people do right so right there i was always raised with with uh, being aware of that commonality mm -hmm. it's like when it comes down to it it's i mean yeah you know we love everyone and everything but we know who's getting treated like we do and we know who's uh, who's perpetrating that treatment right you know and that's uh, i mean and that's more probably uh a statement about uh about social class in america sure. as opposed to any kind of uh inherent behavior from anyone so i mean just saying i don't want any uh anyone here listening is getting butthurt and be like oh well what's he trying to say with that it's like yeah i'm i'm just saying you know uh, sociology that, sure. that, that's really all i'm saying is that uh we found ourselves you know we're you know we, I, I think it was uh, Luis uh, Guzman. I can't remember what movie he was in. He was saying, you know, oh, you yeah. know, blacks and Latinos. You know, we we grow up next to each other, right? Yeah. You know, and I and I grew up in uh, actually I, I grew up. I remember the first neighborhood I lived in was very mixed. You know, we had, uh, you know, just on one cul-de-sac. Uh, you know, I near the cul-de-sac, but we we had, we had a couple of black families. We had a Cuban family. Us. I mean, we had like some straight up get her done families. Right. So, yeah, I mean, like it's like like one of the actually one of the families I grew up with. They're like they're like real like real hard right wing now, but right. but we still get along. You know, I mean, we still you know we still focus on our, on our yeah. common ground yep. and such. And yep. So I mean, to me, it's always been or like a all mix. my life is always yeah all my life has always been a mixture. So that's why I don't. It frustrates me when people try to separate things. I think that's really yeah. cool, and I think like as you meant as you're talking about that, it's like it's very evident and like how I've known you for the last few years, yeah. you know, and I, I, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm happy that you've had that, really that, that uh, you've been open to everything for that, you know, for all your yeah. life. Um, at, at what point in your life, so when I met you, uh, you were, you were rapping. So, so did you, 
to to mention Ricardo again, did you like later hook up again with Ricardo and start making music, or were you already like making music like when you were younger or previously? Yeah, no, then we. I mean, it was just something like you know, like I would feature on a song he was doing or whatever, or there'd be some event or something, and you know, when we'd like do some like our songs like at uh, at Midway Theater or like at a uh, Riverview Ice House event. It was never. I mean, uh, hip hop was never a full on career for me. Sure. You know, not yep. you know. I've always, I mean, I spent, shoot, I spent a long time trying to make something with music. Right. And it's, and here's, and actually, one, one more thing I'll say about the Fat Boys. Like, if you look at how I'm dressed now, and you look at the cover of the Fat Boys uh, Coming Back Hard yep. Again yep. album. Yep. You know, it would, <laughs> you would think I went to their garage sale. Yeah, you know? yeah, yep. But, um... I mean, I think I started. At, well, I, I know I started out making rock music and everything, and I realized, you know what, I'm I I suck as a guitarist, and I always knew from day one my my strength was lyrics, okay. and that's all I wanted to do was just get my lyrics out mm -hmm. there, and um, I tried that with rock music. Like I said, you know, I mean, I, I definitely am rockers. A lot of uh, rock music that I love, and even with that, you know, it was I mean, a lot of my favorite, or I was probably even amount of my favorite, you know, uh, you know, rock musicians. Uh, are black and Latino. Okay. You know, with groups like uh, like Suicidal Tendencies, oh, yeah. yep. uh, Left Alone, uh, Fishbone, Prince. Yeah. You know. Right. Of course. So oh, yeah. a bunch of greats. A bunch of greats. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, when uh, were you in uh, like in high school or or after when you started like getting into actually rapping and? And once again, I didn't separate. Okay. You know, so I'm always writing lyrics. Okay. So then if there's like a chance of freestyle or something. I would get. You know, I remember like going to like some like when I was in high school, going to some rec night and uh, at the YMCA, and there was a rock band playing, and then uh, and a bunch of the kids they're like, man, we, you know, we, your little like grunge covers are cute, but we want to freestyle. Okay. And, and so you know, they start passing the mic around. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, cool. You know, this is fun. Uh, so I'm sure one time I'm, uh, I I went to a Wyclef John concert one time and got up on stage and freestyled. Oh really? Yeah, uh, that, that sucked. But yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. no, that's uh, that's okay. That's funny you mentioned uh, Midway. Somewhere in like the thousands of videotapes I have, I have a video of you at the Midway. Yeah. And you you were like you're looking just exactly how you are. Yeah. Like the rocker, you know, quote yeah. unquote, you know, yeah. and with a bunch of like guys who were looking like rappers you yeah. know like just to say the least and you were rapping like with them and the, the thing about like a cypher and uh to you know a cypher to my listeners who aren't familiar with that term is uh it's it's latin for circle um and it, you commonly see like like you know b-boys and b-girls you know it's it's when you get in the circle and everyone's kind of like basically freestyling it's very common among uh mcs too but to me like the cypher is like just the ultimate test of your love for the culture and the endurance because you can't fake it like you might have maybe a pre-rehearsed rhyme or a pre-rehearsed yeah. set and you bust it out and like oh wow that, that guy's really good but then when it's your turn again and you don't have anything then you know people will know you're a one-trick pony yeah it, it's when you see those people those boys and girls who are really like going after or uh, continuously going creating on the spot and also uh they have the uh like discipline they have the foundations um so you know when i saw that video you uh and I'm, I'm gonna find it you know but it's like you just kept on going you were doing your thing you know yeah. and it's like wow this guy just he's in there like just really loves rapping you know yeah. and it's I, I just again i was just really intrigued by that i think you might have been wearing like Maybe like a trench coat, <laughs> like a top Probably. hat or something like that. I, I, 
Probably not a top hat, but probably a bowler hat. Something. It was yeah, I was, probably, I was probably wearing a bowler. Do you... I, might have even been wearing a suit. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> or might have been a tra- yeah. Probably a, if I was wearing a bowler hat, I was probably wearing a suit or something a little more, a little more formal looking. Sure. You know. And, I mean, my my point mm-hmm. is, you were like you were being yourself though, yeah. which is really, yeah. you know, in this culture, whether it be rapping or you know doing art, raking, it takes a long time for some people to really find who they are to the point where you're kind of imitating the next guy. Until you're like, man, you know, that was never me. I was, yeah. you know, this person the whole time. But it just seems like you've always had a clear, like, vision of wh- how you uh, want to be seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's less about how I want to be seen and more about, you know, how I want to represent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People are going to see me how they want to see me. Right. And then, like you said, I've been, you know, looking the same way. And now, I mean, once again, you look at me and now you look at, you look at future. Mm-hmm. And he dresses like Same I do, you know? yeah, but I've been dressing like this, you know, uh, well, I mean, he probably was too, you know, but I mean, but before he, he came to national prominence and I mean, I'm glad to see that, uh, that hip hop has become a broader, uh, a brother, a broader umbrella. Yeah. And I think that there's also one thing you got to realize that there's a difference between, yeah, and that's where you get like the difference between hip hop and rap. Yeah, you know, right. rap, rap is what you do. Hip hop is what yeah. you live. Yeah. Yep. And there's, I mean, yeah, and there's a lot of uh, cats who, uh, you know, who who rap, but I don't, but they clearly don't have a full understanding mm-hmm. or even appreciation uh, of of the culture. And also, and and the culture hasn't always been the most inclusive to everyone Absolutely. like yeah. like any culture yeah, yeah. and but now it, it is more inclusive to people and I, I think it's beautiful to see that like just uh last night i was uh, like found like this weird little hip-hop show on uh hbo max called was it chillin island have you seen that one no i have to look that yeah, up and, like, the first episode is young thug okay can you imagine young thug doing what young thug does like back in you know uh, back in the early unis or even the night you would have right. not survived in the nineties. No, 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 wouldn't have, you wouldn't yeah. have made it. Yeah. yeah. Um, were you when you were like in high school? Were you like aware of hip hop community in Rockford? Um, let me see. I don't know if I really was uh, so much aware of the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was aware that that hip hop existed. Well, that's the thing. Like hip hop, uh, especially uh, I don't know, probably like that other places too. But uh, like the hip hop community in Rockford is really good from hiding from other people, and even sometimes from hiding from each other. Because there's so many times I'll talk to rappers, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like local rappers, right. and I'm like, oh yeah, you. Know, uh, how about like so and so and so and so? Oh, I, I've never heard of him. Right. Yeah. Like so and so. Like, but you know, you're gigging every weekend. That person's gigging every weekend. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. But this person raps about this topic, and that person raps about that topic. Right. And this person uses these, you know, SoundCloud beats, and mm-hmm. that person uses these boom bat beats. And as, I mean, I'm glad to see more people coming together. Right. Yeah. And it's funny but- how it took social media to bring you know people together with like. Someone who lives down the street. It's one of the one of the reasons. Well, I mean, why to me, social media can be used in positive ways, and it could also be destructive. Yeah. But you know, for the like positive, you know, it's it's awesome to discover people. Um, but you know, like I mentioned earlier, like I, I met you. I knew who you were before I met you, is because I heard about yeah. you, and then uh, I believe. You, like so, you, you did some songs with Ricardo, and you, you guys. There was a picture of you guys. Yeah. And uh, again, when you see the picture of you and them, it's like, you know, Ricardo <laughs> and his brother, you know, kind of looking like some Cholillos, and then there's like, yeah. Molly Crew guy <laughs> in the photo. 
<laughs> but it's like that's cool, yeah. you know, because you know, like you guys just meshed well. You guys supported each other. Um, excuse me. Uh, what was like the content of a lot of the stuff you were writing? As far as uh, that I was writing myself or so uh, that I was writing with Ricardo? Well, uh, both. Okay. With Ricardo, was funny because I was, I was always trying to like counterbalance what he'd be talking about. Okay. Because he'd be talking about some, you know, let's say you know, he'd be coming from um, from kind of a more like uh, bravado and, you know, and almost sound like, you know, some... Uh, I don't even know what was like the proper word. But I mean, if you you hear I me, mean, but sure. like then I try and come in like with like the with the the, the clever wordplay. Or like there's like one time he's like talking about like you know like let's say going to hip hop clubs to pick up women, and I try to remember what that song was called because I just like recently found it on the internet somewhere okay. and downloaded it again. And uh, and I'm talking about uh, finding women at goth clubs. Okay, which is quite literally where I found my wife was at a goth <laughs> concert. So. Yeah. And so, I mean, so he was talking about his experiences and I was talking about mine. Right. So, um, and like, what's, uh, or like if he'd like be talking about like, let's say some like modern street stuff, then I'd want to take it back to some historical stuff. Sure. It's like, okay, you want to talk about people who are like tough to, uh, today or whatever, or what you know, you're doing to show you. Once again, trying not to turn it into a Vlad interview. Yeah, that's and it'd be like, okay, well, I want to talk about somewhere here. I want to talk about Pancho Villa. Right. You know? I remember. Yeah. I remember you like kind of, you know, Ricardo was more, I guess, contemporary, like talking about just today, not really any like special references, like you know, no comic book media history references, just kind of like here and now. Yeah. But when you the stuff that you were writing, you were I remember you mentioning like more historical figures yeah. and kind of like. Um, like kind of uh, using those situations in like modern times t- type of deal, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I, again, I thought that was just really unique for someone that speaking like strictly in Rockford, I, I hadn't heard anyone really rapping that way and using those type of uh, uh, um, references. Yeah. And I guess, you know, to put it, to create kind of a more modern analogy. Right. It's yeah. like, let's say if he was like talking about some little Dirk type stuff, mm-hmm. I was talking about some Kendrick type stuff. Sure. Right. You know, and, uh, and both are, I think, are excellent artists. Absolutely. Yeah. I think in some ways, probably, I mean, they, they both got songs that resonate very highly with me. And there's other songs like, mm, okay. Sure. Yeah, that's, sure. That's not me. Yeah. And it's why, but uh, generally with my lyrics, I'll say this. I mean, my lyrical content is, I mean, Pretty much the same stuff I do now as a comedian, you right. know, just talking about. And I mean, I did talk about contemporary things too, but I saw a lot of times talking about larger social issues, right. or talking about my own life. Like I remember just one song I did. And I think it might be on that Guerrilla Tactics C- uh, CD. Okay, I was gonna that, bring it. To yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. But there was like one song I did like about my dad. It was like this real, real emotional. And like the first time I played it for him, he cried. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, and wow. my dad's a great guy. I don't want to make it sound like oh, you know, absolutely. like oh he walked out, you know, yeah. he walked uh, he walked out to get a burrito when I was two yeah. years. Old and yeah. never came back. No, no. I mean, he was. He's always been there for me. Always. Right. Right. You know, but um, like when I had COVID, you know, he's like brought my wife and me some groceries and oh, stuff. Nice. So that yeah. was cool. Yeah, he brought us fried chicken, so we were happy. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, it was just you know, but trying just about you know those internal conflicts and sure. I would say, I mean, if you if you just read my lyrics, you could think that okay, this could go on a Springsteen album. Or this could go on a G Herbo album, and I listen to both. You know. Okay, um, that's cool. Like very like uh, diverse. Um, so so you being like a writer of like many facets. Like, what's your writing process like? Does it depend on what the you know situation is, or is it? Do you have an idea and you just go with it, or? Yeah, yeah. I think it's just um, you know when the inspiration hits, 
Yeah, I, I put pen to paper. Mm -hmm. um, how many uh, um, did you record a lot of albums by yourself, or are you just kind of like no, here and there? No, like, well, when I was like doing rock music, I actually, I mean, <laughs> I was in a band with my baby mama. And it's funny because we were like, we were basically doing what White Stripes were doing oh, really? right before White Stripes blew up. Oh, nice. And then it's funny because like we quit, and then all of a sudden they're like, they blow up. And oh. it's funny, like, I remember she, uh, one day, like, you know, doing like the, the, the child exchange, the child mm -hmm. handoff. She's like, do you see the White Stripes uh, Grammy performance? I'm like, yeah. And I knew exactly what she meant. It's like, <laughs> that sounded exactly like what we were doing oh, really? in your mom's basement. Right. And, you know, and um, yeah, so I mean, so I did uh, two albums with her. Then I did one, uh, I think I did, I did two solo albums. And I mean, these very, probably very few people that, uh, heard them. These, this is like all on cassette. Right. To give me more context. The two solo albums are just like a big noisy mixture of uh of, of just different sounds all at once just sure. on, so i mean it's just a noise I, I would almost compare it to like uh disposable heroes of hypocrisy oh okay, to a certain yeah. but it's just like noisier and just like i mean where i wasn't necessarily doing like traditional punk rock i mean i've, I've my rhythm sucks so i was using a drum machine for, i mean i do have drums also that i play mm -hmm. but also it's just easier to record a drum machine too and it's right. just easier it's to come up with new beats because with a drum machine you're making beats that you could never do on a drum kit right so um so it had like a little bit of an industrial sound i always like putting like some you know some heavy buzzed out guitars on it and then i always like to put a little funk in my bass and then just me either singing over it or rapping over it or really and also i mean if and if you heard my rock stuff i had so much lyrics because i mean most rock songs you know don't have that, right. that much lyrics yeah. and me i had as many as much lyrics no as your average rap song and i was just like Trying to like you know fit that all in. Yeah, man. Should. So basically, I mean, I think in some ways I was probably rapping when when I didn't even realize it. it, it you should, yeah. yeah, you should re-release that, man. I think it'd probably make more sense now, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it probably would. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. you, you're a you're like a really uh, DIY guy, do it yourself. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. I, I want to get back to that. Yeah. But uh, as far as uh, um, you recording your stuff, like, how are you doing that? Oh, let's see. I, it started out with the cassette four track, so I would uh, you know one where you like you know you have two tracks on one side, two yep. tracks on the other yep. side, and then uh, I would I always had like someone I could like take it over to, and then they'd like pretty much you know I wouldn't necessarily say master it, but at least like get Mix it onto it. get it onto something else, you know, get it onto a CD or something, and um, then um, and really quickly uh, uh, just to interrupt you real quick, a four track player. The first one I ever bought was at a pawn shop. I paid like a hundred bucks for it, and I was like blown away because you know I played a chord like on my piano, right? Recorded it through. So with a four track player, is literally you have four tracks. You have four like mic inputs or or instrument inputs, and you record something, and then when you rewind it or whatever, you can record something else, which like sound like right now as I'm saying it sounds like primitive because everybody has GarageBand. You could do it on your phone now, but at that time, you know, having four tracks. 
and being like 16 years old and you know 2001 or whatever i was blown away i couldn't believe that i could hear myself playing what i previously played while playing something new and then adding a drum beat and then adding like a bass line it's like wow i just made the song yeah you know but i like literally like i would like i would record i didn't know about looping it so i would like like play a chord like for three minutes like then go over and play like the the harmony hold it for like three minutes go back and then do like the the drum beat and then i'd have a three minute and it wasn't perfect because it was you know i didn't have a metronome or anything like that but yeah just the fact that you can record yourself four times alone was crazy so uh please uh continue so you were you you had a four track player yeah and then i uh, moved up to um i think i moved up to like and I mean, once again, to cassette tape. Then I think I moved up to like a, to, yeah. to a digital the, four track that recorded on a, uh, on a mini discs, which yeah, which you know, uh, quickly went obsolete. Then I think I finally got a digital eight track, and then I could like burn CDs on it. Wow! And that was uh, that was fun, but it would glitch a lot and that'd be mm. frustrating it's like I, the whole song would disappear or something the cd ones were yeah, yeah. like the first like incarnations of yeah. those i had problems with those myself yeah. or yeah there'd be like you'd get like instances where it would sound like it would sound weird and it's like it's supposed to be digital but you know the, yeah. the, the cassette was i never had problems with the cassette but then it was like it was then the problem was making the cassette into a digital format like the you know moving it from here to there so the cassette became obsolete and then with the digital stuff it's just like at least at that time like now it seems like everything's cool but yeah but, anyway, and I, I quit and pretty much you know i quit making albums before the whole computer revolution of you know people using garage band and everything mm-hmm. so yeah and garage band is awesome like i showed my dad i used garage band a few weeks ago and like i don't know if he's done anything yet but i basically told him it's the same thing you record and then you open up another track and record and you open up another track and you could have like a hundred tracks or whatever, you know, but, um, uh, like I mentioned before, buying that first four track player and recording it with cassette was awesome because it also le- left you a lot of room, f- um, for creativity because, yeah. cause you were only limited to four tracks. So then what yeah. I would do was I would record on the third track, I would record the first three tracks on the third yeah. one. Yeah. And bouncing then, tracks. Yeah. And then, then restart over so my first track would have the three tracks right and then yeah. i'd have three open tracks yeah. on like a new track but you see how long that process is oh yeah but I, then, I remember quite well yeah but then at the end of the day yeah. i had you know i'd have eight tracks yeah you know and i wasn't rapping i didn't even know any rappers when i was a kid i just wanted to make rap though like i didn't even wanted to make hip-hop beats um but you like you know um but the stuff you do now i i know you always like do stuff on your own so yes. i know that like um like I, I know you probably have tricks that you've done to like because you sample stuff too right yeah how are yeah. you how are you so doing it that? was just uh basically i would you know and i never uh, i never had a sampler i never knew how to use the sampler so it just you know i'd record like the part that i liked and then just you know and then just loop it you know just bounce it but you know right so it's a very similar process where it's like okay here we go and Okay, recorded it. Now, uh, you know, I think it was easier with like the digital. Yeah, at that point, then it's like okay, then copy this. It had the, um, the option to, like copy a section. Okay. So I'd copy this. I was like, I mean, so I was like, uh, you know, sampling everything from Los Carcas to Springsteen yeah. to, but you know, try to give it. Um, Actually, no, I, I didn't try and keep it that subtle. No, I mean, it was, I mean, if people knew it, they knew it. And if, right. uh, and then I liked doing like, like, to me, like the best, one of the best examples of how 
of how to use this, in my opinion, of how samples should be used. But it's like when Tupac did Changes. Mm-hmm. Which, in a way, it's almost like a cover of the Bruce Hornsby song. Right. Because it's uh, it's still following that theme. It's true to that theme, and but it's just taking another direction. It's like, okay, Bruce Hornsby came from this background and had these experiences. Tupac, you know, came from this, you know, grew up this way and had these experiences. And, uh, I did something like that with, um, uh, with Atlantic City from Springsteen. Mm-hmm. And where I, like, sang part of the Springsteen chorus, but in Spanish. Yeah. And so, you know, everything dies and baby, that's a fact. Maybe everything that it dies someday comes back. And I was saying, you know, uh, todo muere y eso es la verdad. Y a veces las cosas que mueren regresarán. You know? mm-hmm. So it, so it fit, and right. then, um, but it was more kind of like how life is a gamble when, you know, growing up Latino in the United States. And it's like, and, and you know me, you know, I mean, I've never done any, uh, I've never been, you know, done any criminal stuff or anything, you know, mm-hmm. maybe ripped a tag off a mattress, but that's <laughs> yeah. about it. But even then, but still, that's what people need to understand. It's like when you hear people of color talking about, you know, the dangers of life. It's not because dangers that we put ourselves in. Right. It's just because life is dangerous, sure, you know, for sure. us. Because there's a lot of people who do view us as criminals mm-hmm. just because of, you know, how we look. I mean, just because of the skin in which we were born. You know, not yeah. even to say, oh, because he's he's wearing this or he's wearing that. No, I mean, you know, I'm, I get treated the same whether I wear a suit or whether, you know, I look like I just crawled out of the gutter in front of C, uh, CBGBs, you right. know. So... That's why. That's when I realized. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter how I dress. I'm still, you know, people are still gonna judge me. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So I, might as well represent who I am, and at least you know, at least hate me for who I am instead of hating mm. me for who I'm not. I love that, man. Yeah. Like I said, you've always been the same. Like yeah. for as long as I've known you, you've always been the same personality and just the way you are. It's, I think it's it's cool that you've like known who you've been for a long time. Um, but you know, with with the stuff, the few songs that I heard of yours, which really probably less than a dozen, I just always liked the content and just the direction you were going. Uh, I I definitely felt like it was like not polished like it was oh, like yeah, yeah you were like, very wrong. I, I, yeah. I liked where it was going but I yeah. just felt like it, it you could still there was still like uncharted mm-hmm. so I mean that being said would you ever like return to working on a like for a fun project Oh or? absolutely I mean to this day, to this day, I'll tell you what like during the um, it was so weird uh and, it, and actually to give all of this a context mm-hmm. so and it's not like oh you know well like you know I, I i quit music and you know and now i'm you know now i'm a plumber or something it's like no i do stand-up comedy right so yeah. it's the same dynamic you know i mean all those lessons that i learned working like the dirty clubs or whatever or, or you know promoting myself and all that i'm still using that i'm still getting up on stage and funny thing is right i've probably you know i've worked with more I, i've worked with more rappers now than I did as a rapper. Oh, no kidding. I, you know, as a comedian, I've worked with more rappers. As a comedian, I've worked with, you know, with more punk rock bands than, than I did, you know, you know, doing punk rock. You know, I don't, actually, I don't even know. If, one would probably argue that like the shit I was doing <laughs> I mean, was never punk. I'm not sure if we could swear. So I apologize. Oh, it, it's the good, stuff yeah. I was doing. Say whatever you want. Yeah, I, I was doing was, uh, I mean, you know, but anyway, like, I've, you know, I've worked with more rock bands than I did when I was doing, you know, uh, than when I was uh, performing rock and roll, sure. so it's a it's a very similar dynamic. It it carries across. But um, when the, um, when the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of us we you know, a lot of us thought we were gonna die. True. You know, we thought it was like, oh, okay, here we go. This is the end of days. Kind of unknown, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I was 
I was scared. I, I lost a lot of weight from stress and all. And then once I got used to it, like, okay, this is cool. But then I was just kind of turned into Garfield. You know what I'm just like? Yeah, yeah, just like sleeping all day and all. Hating Mondays. Yeah. And then um, a friend of mine, uh, Rudy Reese, and uh, his son's a rapper. Mm-hmm. I forgot his son's name. Uh, but I just recently found out. But he's a, Rudy's a comedian. Okay. Um. And uh, he was uh, uh, talking to um, a lady from um, Yvonne. Uh, uh, make sure I pronounce her last name correctly. Like Yvonne Booth. Oh, the, Booth. the journalist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so from NPR. He, yeah. So mm-hmm. he knows her somehow, and she was doing a, a story on comedians and how they're handling the pandemic. And then she's asking okay, me, you I know, remember, I remember that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Cool. So you heard it. So then she's mm-hmm. like, you know, so when we were doing like kind of like the pre-interview. Um, and you know my wife is with me at all times, especially during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You would have thought we were Siamese twins, <laughs> and, and uh, so I think we're um, doing like a Zoom style interview or something. And uh, so, what have you been doing? I'm like, absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shoot. and my wife's like, don't say that. And I'm like, you're right, you. Know? So then by the time we did the uh, the actual interview, I like started getting my creative juices flowing again, and one of the first things I did was a Jada Kiss okay. had his hunting season challenge. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so I, I contributed that. a verse to the hunting season yeah. challenge. And I wound up, well, you know, uh, finding about us uh, some other rappers I didn't uh, know. And it's like, and one that uh, really stuck out was a, a 3D Natty. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you follow her. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, and I, um, and I started corresponding with her a little bit. And it's really cool. I didn't realize who she was at the time but right away you know she's very friendly and all very you know and um you know I, i'm a fan of her music i don't know if she follows my comedy or not probably not she's got mm-hmm. better things to do but i mean but it, it was just it was, i forgot how we got there. oh yeah yeah but just me like you know Getting busting back out the old you know the old uh the old four track yeah you know, the old rapping chop not even you know not even four it's just like it was just you know my wife just uh, recorded me. Uh, you know what? We like uh, played the instrumental track on the television on YouTube, and then uh, turned it up real loud, and I just uh, wrapped my verse over it. Yeah. Anyway, it still it still has that same offbeat rawness, <laughs> literally offbeat. Because like I said, rhythm is rhythm has never been my strong suit. You know? I like that though, but I mean, yeah. was it MF Doom's strong point either? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that kind of off. I, I I enjoy that, man. I think I think that's something you should uh, maybe revisit. Uh, another I'm up for it. You know, if anyway, here's the thing. We we talked about the recording process of making beats. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so yeah, if someone ever gives me a beat, it's like, hey, you want to come on and do a feature and give me like, some time to listen to it, I will be there. You know, I mean, oh, to yeah. this day, I'll I'll be happy to be there. I don't know. Well, I've I've never done that. You know what? Maybe we'll talk about a project. <laughs> but uh, I I think it'd be fun. But uh, so the the stuff that you so a lot of people didn't know that you rap previously or even a musician a lot of people know you as a comic now yeah um uh, so before i get back to that point you know me like you know b-boying a lot of the stuff that i learned from breaking i applied to my own life you know uh you know just being assertive you know, like being a people person yes. now because you know you're when you're dancing in front of people it's like talking to somebody is not a big deal yeah. um even like the the like the workouts and stuff I, everything from breaking i applied to real life um so for you like rapping on the stage and doing comedy on the stage i'm sure there's a lot of parallels like what are some like 
common differences or even like advice that you can uh, uh, um, give out to people about just being on the stage, you know, stage presence? You know, like, what are some some similarities you think? It, it's incredibly important, you know, walk on that stage with authority. And I think that's like I told you, like when I got a, a you know, when I freestyled at the, at the White Club show. I don't think it's. I mean. I didn't even get to get like a full bar out, mm-hmm. but it's just I didn't hit, walk on the stage with authority, and that was it. Oh, you really? Know? Okay. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, stage press is just so much, but it's just making sure that you're just you know grabbing that microphone with uh, with uh, absolute confidence. Uh, make sure, one thing that I see that a, a lot of rappers do, and unfortunately a lot of comedians too. I don't get why they feel like they need to eat the microphone. Okay. Yeah. You know, people are gonna under microphones were designed to have space between, between. the mouth and, and the microphone, especially now in the age of COVID, and people are still doing it. Cuffing the mic. It's like yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're if you're singing death metal, by all means, cuff the mic. Yeah. Otherwise, don't. You and know, like, and I mean, aesthetically, it does look weird when someone has like the mic all up, like in like their mouth. It kind of looks cool. I mean, it's got kind of like cool. It's got like, you know, like oh, look at me, I'm a badass. Look, D- depending on yeah. the, on the person though, like yeah. not everyone. Could, some people just look really dumb with a mic, like yeah, like really close to their mouth. Yeah, and some people with the distance, it looks good. But uh, yeah. no, that's I think that's like that's valuable yeah. information. And, and whether and whether you look cool or you look dumb, you always sound dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, then, and I, I guess it also depends on you know uh, what what genre you're doing. Because in some cases, I mean, people really aren't even going there to you know to to see an MC spit. They're just seeing you're just going there to see you know, a rapper jump around. Because I mean, we've seen. I mean, one thing that I think that, that blows my mind is like people who just rap over their over the song itself right it's yeah. not even like they're not rapping over a beat they're rapping over their the you know, their, their, their album yeah and then sometimes you'll even see them like move the microphone completely away from their mouth yeah and they're just like lip syncing their own stuff it's like i i mean yeah I, I, that's what i thought was great about when the locks called out uh dipset for mm, doing that yeah, yep. and i think that that moment might have changed might have changed hip-hop for a lot of yeah. people yeah I, and yeah you have a lot of people not telling people like this information they just let them be you know what i'm saying so yeah. that's why to like earlier it's good to have you just need those role models yeah. or those mentors um so how yeah. do you uh well actually let me elaborate on that a little more and then what does mc stand for uh my controller yeah my controller yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah so move the crowd. i was thinking move the crowd <laughs> yeah also moving crowds master of ceremonies yep, yep. yeah and as a rapper and as a comedian you need to be doing all those things i was right. like you know as an mc mm-hmm. and maybe that's the main thing i mean i guess being there's a lot of differences between being a rapper and being a comedian mm-hmm. being an mc and being a comedian right is Almost, I mean, is there's more probably more similarities and that's, that's than a, differences. The point I wanted to make, you know, at some point was that even though like you don't quote unquote rap anymore, you've always been an MC. Yeah, yeah I'm still an MC. Like yeah. that's and you know always been and, an and MC. quite literally, you know, quite li- like going and tying it all back to you know the DIY doing it myself and all. You know, I produce a lot of my own shows. Yeah, most of the shows that I do. Uh, I produce myself. Which okay, yeah. I definitely wanted to touch yeah. on that. So um, I'm quite literally the master of ceremonies. Because <laughs> I'm I'm seeing like right now, you know, I, I follow a lot of the local hip hop stuff. I'm not sure if you do, because I know you're so involved in the in the comedy stuff. Yeah. But I'm seeing a lot of younger guys, uh, mainly guys. I'm just gonna say it like that. Are really like booking their own shows, really like making which their, is great, making the yeah. scene. You know, not waiting yeah. for someone. Um, so for you, like when you're doing the comedy shows or you know a show in general, like you know uh, whether it be rock comedy 
comedy, hip hop, whatever. A show is a show. Like, what's your process? Like, what are like, what's your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Like, how do you how how do you book your talent? Ooh, that's like that's a uh, that's two different, maybe even three three different questions. Yeah, it is. Uh, as far as how do I book my talent? I guess we were talking about earlier, yeah, before we started recording. I book people that uh, that behave professionally. Okay. I book people who are going to be easy to uh, to work with. I don't care if we you know, if we be- if necessarily that that we have to like believe in the same things or whatever. But uh, here I'm going to be a little hypocrite. Uh, I show up on time. I know I got here a few minutes late. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly on time, ready to show up on time. Ready, you know, to, ready the, to go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, wherever you, whether it's hip hop, whether it's comedy, whatever you're doing, like with any, treat it like you would any other job. Mm-hmm. And I like working with people who are ready to work, and who even if they don't like the work they're doing, they at least look like they like the work they're doing. Sure. They at least, I mean, because I mean. No one is happy 100 percent of the time, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, right. I mean, I have. Yeah, I remember uh, there was one comic that I booked one time, and, and he was going through just, like, a hellish point. And sure. he's still going through this hellish point in his life. Yeah. But when he got up on stage, he owned that room. Wow. Yeah. And he looked like he was having the time of his life. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Mm-hmm. But that that's a professional. Special. And Absolutely. that's why he's got in on the Craig Ferguson show. That's why he's got in on Comedy.TV. That's why he's, you know, headlined so many major clubs. Mm-hmm. Because of the professionalism, uh, ideally, I mean, I'd rather work with people who've got a, a a more positive message. But then again, it positivity can also be subjective. Sure. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm never going to book someone. Who, I mean, I, you know, I'm never going to book someone who's like straight up alt right. Right. But I do work with some comedians who have some uh, some you know some right wing viewpoints, whatever, and I'm cool with that. You mm-hmm. know, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know. See, unless this person, he or she, isn't perpetuating hatred or violence against a specific group, I don't care. Okay, right. this person might have this view on this topic. I have so what? That, that's that's America. That's free speech. Sure. I think. Also, I would say this. I think that's very important to protect in both. I think that. Uh, it, like I said, it's good that hip hop's becoming a, a wider umbrella, and that's one thing that I always uh, liked was was that freedom to say things that. You couldn't say other places, but there still needs to be a lot more freedom sure, there. Sure. And I think that rappers need to, uh, you know, I think MCs need to make sure that uh, that people's uh, freedoms are, are, are being protected. Right. Um, With, uh, but, you know, you're, I mean, you're so all yeah. over, man. You're, you're like in so many different places. You know, I think a lot of times with, uh, with like rap group, it's like, so I'm going to talk a little bit about venues. They're like. It's hard to approach a venue because of the content, maybe, but like with your comedy shows, the content's almost like it's there's a, you know it, it's not like it's clean, it's not like it's family friendly. It's definitely not clean. You know, yeah, it's usually more often than not, it's not. Clean. So like, how yeah. do how do you like how do you sell that show to a venue or how like how have you been like with with? We've always had a problem. Like it's gotten a lot better, but just getting venues, you yeah. know, bars and spaces, they just don't want that music it might be the crowd whatever but i feel like there's just a lot of parallels between what, what you're doing and what's sneak what, it in yeah okay sneak it in you know what i mean like i told you like a, like that one like uh, going back to when i wasn't you know in high school that ymca you know wasn't uh, gonna have you know a rap night back then but 
people who rap showed up and took over the microphone. Sure. You know? Right. See, that's why you need to know your history. Look what, what KRS One always yeah. did, right? Uh, KRS didn't mind uh, taking over a show. Bum rush the show. Yeah. Right? There you go. You bum rush the public um, enemy. Yeah. Have and you, uh, <laughs> have you had like any? Like uh, with the venues you've worked with, have you had like they've all been like solid? Everyone's been cool with uh, the stuff that you like are presenting. There was, you know what? There was one venue from like uh, from twenty twenty one that uh, I think that they got. I think they got. I mean, I think I know what offended them. All I knew was that someone got offended by a joke. Sure. They didn't say which joke or whatever. But then the manager who booked us was then having trouble with the uh, with the venue because they were mad that she was wearing ripped jeans. Oh, what? So it's like, yeah. So it's like, yeah. You know what? If you don't like uh, if you don't like your manager wearing ripped jeans, you're probably not gonna like my comedy. Right. And you're probably not gonna like the people I book. Mm-hmm. You're probably not gonna like a lot of things in life. If you're that easily sure. triggered. Sure. Yeah. And when you when you book a card, like are, are your comics. Or you know your talent, you know. So yeah, we're applying yeah. to everything here. Are they like kind of all similar, or do you have like a mix? No, that's so boring. Okay. That is so. And I, I remember I was talking with someone about that recently, about saying like, oh, the importance of like making sure that there's like a cohesive theme. It's like no, mm. no. I, I, I wish I could remember who said that. I think of myself like no to the contrary. That is so boring. I, here's what I never want to happen. I never want someone to get up to go to the bathroom. During the end of a comic set, come back when the next comic's on and not realize that there was a change of comics. Mm-hmm. And there are some oh. shows where that could easily happen. Right. There are some people, there are some comics I thought were the same person and until I had them in the same room together. Oh, wait a minute, you're two different. Ah. I would have, and I would never book them in the same room. I wrote recently um, about, uh, and, and I'll say these are like two of my favorite people with whom to work. Um, I booked uh, Mars Tims for a show, mm-hmm. and he was headlining. And then another uh, from Chicago, and then he's he did the voice of Jax on Mortal Kombat. Oh, he's also nice. on on Hulu and Netflix. Yeah. He's on the Netflix show Easy. Mm-hmm. And another comic that I just worked with uh, Friday night. I did his room as a guy named Sean Shellnut. Okay. And then I said, Oh, you got you know uh, when they met each other, like, Oh, you guys never met each other. Before? Oh, you guys, I love working both of you guys, and I'll probably never book you together. Hmm. Because they have, I mean, these are two very different. I mean, these guys look like polar opposites. Yeah. But their styles are similar enough that I think that for me, it would be hard to put them on the same show together to have one feature for them. For one thing, they're both headliners. Sure. You know, I don't think either one of them should be featuring. And oh my gosh, recently I headlined a show uh, at this place called Base Camp, which is kind of like almost. It's like in Lyle, Illinois, and it almost looks like some kind of ski resort or something. You got like this, like they got this hill for like snowboarding, and I think I don't know. I didn't pay too much attention to it, but I was headlining, and Mars came in to do a guest set. It's like, man, that's the hardest dude to follow, mm-hmm. and I've had to follow some very talented people, right? But Mars is the hardest to follow. He just did like I think like five minutes or so, mm-hmm. but so yeah, so i don't I don't see why people book Mars for anything other than the headline right, right. But, but he's you know he's a versatile guy but uh so yeah, so one is for people to balance each other out if i'm gonna have and and I remember one time um Mars and I were talking, he said, you know what the best feature you ever booked for me was Peter John Burns, who's another one of my favorite comics, and that's because Peter is very scripted, Mars does a lot of uh he does a lot of crowd work and uh and yeah so you want you you wanted to balance out i mean it's like i mean think about a chicago style hot dog you know you got like uh you got like the crispy veggies right. to balance out like the you <laughs> yeah. know that's that soft uh vienna beef right and i think it's the same thing uh, with, with comedy 
it's great when you can have someone who's um, who plays it loose and then someone who plays it tight. Right. And then have an MC who's just going to be able to really talk to the crowd right. and just get the crowd focused. Yeah. And that's what and that's where the terms are a little different and a little and a little similar. Because sure. like with the MC is the person you know who's hosting the show mm. in comedy. And, uh, and that's literally what you're doing. You're hosting. Right. You know, you've, this venue is now your home. The stage is your home. You're inviting other people to your home mm-hmm. to come and, and enjoy what you're doing. And um, and also I see that uh, in, I guess with music it's a little different because it's like a lot of times there's no one in between, there's no one hosting the show. Sometimes there is, sometimes there's right. not. I think hip hop does that more so than other genres, yeah. which is good. I think mm-hmm. that's really good to build a certain continuity. Yeah. And to keep the crowd focused. Yeah, yeah, no, I think like uh, the MC, at least how you, you do, is very important to, to tie everything together. There's no dead space. Yeah. It keeps everything moving. Um, how do you arrange the talents as far as like who's going first, last? Just basically, I mean, usually it's, you know, the funniest, most, you know, the funniest comic. Just the comic who's going to get the most laughs, who's going to get the most who I think is going to get the best response from the crowd okay. is going to go last. And okay. a lot of times the person I've got going on first is someone who's newer, someone who's, you know, still cutting, you know, her or his teeth. Okay. And in some cases, you know, you might get a Mars Tims who stops by to do a guest spot and that person might go first and good luck to whoever's going next. Right. Yeah. But, you know, to yeah. what you said earlier, just you have to own it no matter what. Yeah. You know, yeah, you after. Um, yeah. What's, uh, what is like, what's, how much is too much on a on a uh, a show like that? Like too much as far uh, as time, as too far much as content. Talent. Like how many like three comics, four comics, five comics? Um, because in reference to like yeah. in reference to shows, because I've gone to a few like it's been a while, but I've gone to like a few recent, not recently, but in town where they would have like just too many. Like it's like okay, like you don't you don't get enough time to connect with the artist. They might just do like two songs, and the next guy would do like one song, and it'll be like thirty people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus I mean, somebody giving me, I'd rather have one person give me six solid songs than three people give me two songs. But at least you get like the cohesive show with one person doing. Like you you get more of a uh, you get to know the person better versus like yes. you know. So with, I mean again like kind of uh, I'm pairing them together. Like how much. Uh, it's good for uh, for a, like a show like that. How much? I would say like with stand up comedy, this is where it get, where venues get frustrated with comedy as opposed to music. Is that with comedy, we know people's attention span is not going to go past ninety minutes. Mm. And in places like Chicago, shows usually don't go past seventy five minutes. Okay. Because it's just you know I mean it's just a faster paced town. Mm-hmm. So I was you know between seventy five to ninety minutes. Actually, you know what? There's really almost I would say not. You can make, like, the comedy portion of a show, like, as little as, like, if it's a variety show, let's say. Also, in that case, I mean, like I said, I've done rap shows where, you know, doing comedy, though, where I'm, like, doing maybe, you know, seven to ten minutes. And I think that gives people an idea of who I am. Right. And then, yeah, so, I was, shoot, I've seen people, you know, crush a set, you know, a comedy set in three minutes. Because mm-hmm. once again, there's no beat, so it's all words. Right, right. So it's like, I mean, what I'm doing in a, you know, in a three-minute set might be the equivalent of like two or three songs. Right. Unless you're like Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, where sure. you've got no hooks or anything. Yeah, just And straight. it's just, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, really, comedy can be as short as three minutes. 
but definitely shouldn't be any longer than nine minutes. I mean, Gabriel Iglesias, he can pull that off because right. he's Gabriel Iglesias. He's fluffy. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, people, you know, if, you, if they don't know your name, if they can't pronounce your name correctly, they're not going to want to see you do, you know, 91 minutes. Right. And even then, you know, with there being other comics on the show. So the traditional format is, you know, the the MC, the feature, who's the opening act, and the headliner. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, to me, the headliner's got the longest spot. Right. And then you can have, you know, several openers. I mean, really, the feature really should still just be the person who's doing, like, the second longest set. And other people, realistically speaking, are guest spots. You know, I mean, now, with places like to do, like, showcase-style shows where they have, like, more comics, they might say, okay, we got, you know, five features and a headliner. But Mm. really, you're just doing what would be a guest spot anywhere else. And you're not going to be able to pay your bills off of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, But but I I, I do like that format a lot, and I think it applies to what... Just for the to what I'm talking about as far as like booking hip hop shows, because not everyone's not everyone is meant or not everyone at the time is going to be the headliner. I you know sometimes it feels like there's too many divas. Everybody yeah. everybody wants the prime spot, and of course like who doesn't want it? But if you don't have the prime performance, then it's kind of like you're not worthy of it, and you're really like giving yourself a bad like impression of like your artistry maybe because you're not yeah. there yet. Um, uh, but I, 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 I kind of yeah. like that, you know, kind of like a two openers and a, and a headliner and then your MC in the middle or your DJ or whatever, kind of like tying it all together. Um, I have actually DJed a few shows, been a while because it drives me nuts, where it'll literally be like 10 or 12 acts and they're all giving me like their thumb drives and their CDs and nothing's labeled. And everything sounds like sonically like this guy recorded in his closet and this guy recorded at a studio. So everything doesn't sound cohesive and it like yeah. it, it just drives me nuts. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, how much are they paying you to DJ these shows? Oh, I, I volunteered for a lot of those, but I haven't done oh, one. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done one in years, though. I, and okay, I won't yeah. ever again. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the stuff that I was doing just through Hip Hop Congress with the library. Yeah, and stuff I like that. it's different when you're doing it as part of a an organization like mm. that but i think it's so important to, you know for people to understand the professionalism of it right i think you yep. know when people are giving you like unlabeled stuff and all that it's like i mean this is something to be arranged in advance yeah you know they should give you mm. their their beats and stuff in advance yeah and i would i mean once again i really didn't handle that side of, i mean because even like when i performed live it was you know a, a different setting than what i see with a, with a lot of what's happening now but still, I would think that it should be common sense that right. if your beat sounds awful, people aren't going to look at you the same. They're not going to give you the same respect. And that's like that's like us, you know, trial and error. You know, I, we probably should have like screened some things and been like, eh, you know, maybe next time or yeah. you know, I, I sort. There was one girl. I don't even know who she was because if I, I would say her name, I just don't remember who she was. But and she was good. Like she was a singer and like. Like all her tracks that she gave me just said track one, track two, track three. So she's like, "Oh, play track one." No, no, play. She was on the mic. Play track two, and then and she she actually did a really good job. And then when I gave her her CD back, I said, "Hey, you should you know name the songs." Man, she looked at me like she doesn't cut my head off. <laughs> but uh, you yeah, know, people was, don't take advice well. That's that's one thing. I'm, here, here's the best advice I will give people in a, in hip hop and comedy: don't give unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. You people will even like you know use the advice you gave them and hate you for it. Right, absolutely. It was, 
And, and also, it's kind of a it's kind of a dick move. It's like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm smarter than you, and here's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but me, some of us, we do take advice, so I'm always yeah. I'm always open to any type of advice. Uh, it's one of the, yeah. the last thing I want to touch on is uh, just how you promote stuff, man. You're always promoting stuff. You always have flyers on you. Yeah. Like you're basically just like a walking like billboard. Yeah. Um, Funny you, choice of words, but yeah. <laughs> and I agree. Yes. Which is important. Yeah. Again, like use every opportunity you can. Like we're in an age where you know you could put it on Instagram and everyone sees it, uh, and you can also have paper flyers at the record stores and at the local shops and restaurants and bars. Like how much do you promote, or what's your process for promoting? Man, just. <laughs> This, <laughs> sure, you know this. Uh, just all, and actually, no. I mean, honestly, with this podcast, more than anything, I just I see it's tremendous honor. I see what you're doing in the community, and it's great to be a part of this. Someone who's always, you know, has always loved hip hop, who's always loved uh, bringing community together. I love what you're doing. So in this case, I mean, even if I like didn't have anything to promote, I'd, I'd still be here. Um, but yeah, you know, I've always got flyers on me. Almost always. It, it depends. I mean, I'll, I'll be like right now. I've, I finally have a weekly show, mm-hmm. which in my um, in, in my opinion is a holy grail of comedy shows. We can get right. a weekly show, then it's it's so much easier. Just like oh, I'll just there every Wednesday. Okay, it's like oh, I can't make this one cool. Then be there the following Wednesday. Because <laughs> yeah. like when you're doing like a monthly show or a quarterly show or just like a one off show, right? Then yeah, then it's important to have those those flyers mm-hmm. on you uh, and ready to go. Because you know, oh yeah, it's uh. It's a Monday, uh, Monday the twelfth. I don't even know what's around next twelfth. Sure, is, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll be like, oh, what was that? Friday the sixth. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you got to be able to put. I mean, something. Uh, as something in um, that you can put in people's hands. And sometimes even I've had it happen before where I've like messaged people like the event invite to a show. <laughs> right. Right. I've messaged them every month, you know, and and they don't come out. Then when I, I finally see them out and bought in person. I gave them a flyer and say, I'll put this up on my fridge and they're at the next show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, those paper yeah. flyers are still, to me, they're still super important. Yeah. yeah. It still goes, it, it can still go a long way. I mean, there's a lot of promotion you can do digitally and sometimes you can stretch yourself too thin. Just, I mean, just literally walking up and down streets, you know, handing out flyers and stuff. But yeah, but I mean, always have a flyer on you. So wherever you are, it's like, if there's a place you frequent mm-hmm. that's near the venue, it's like, okay, like uh, I do that show with uh, Roni Golan at the underground. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And um, like 400 State Street, I think. Yeah, 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 418 East State Street. And it's, there's the Wire Cafe right next to it. So I've always got a flyer uh, up there you do. for, for the next <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, Under Billboard. Man, yeah. uh, kiosks and billboards are just like an underutilized uh, um, um, asset, I think. I, I love those. Yeah. I, I mean, I take flyers. I collect flyers. I got a bunch of local flyers that I have. Yeah. I'm a fan of that. But I think that's really important. Um, and again, everything that you're saying, even though you're it's quote unquote comedy, it applies to any type of promotion, whether yeah. you're doing hip hop or, you know, the DJing or rock stuff I, it's all like very valuable information man. i appreciate it dude. yeah and also as an mc i'll say this as an mc you're just that you're you're an mc when you're thinking of yourself even if you can dj you can do the other elements you know you can do all four elements that's awesome but as an mc always be prepared to function as an mc right and you and like i said you know like a lot of places won't let you do hip-hop yeah obviously you know i mean first and foremost there's a lot of racism in this world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of racism in America, and there's even racism in Rockford, oh, believe it yeah. or not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, so a lot of times people will just associate 
hip hop with melanin because, well, you know, black right. and Latino people created it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and black and Latino and Asian and Native people are still very involved in it. Yep, yep. And, you know, it's one of the few art forms that, that hasn't gotten that hasn't gotten hijacked. Right. And that that's fantastic. And uh, there's nothing wrong. I'm sure just the same way where, like, I, I'm sure, you know, um, I, I'm sure the Celtic people would feel the same way. If they saw like you know a bunch of Mexicans taking bagpipes <laughs> yeah. and not letting anyone else play the bagpipes, it's like nah. One day, <laughs> yeah. It's like no bagpipe for you, payaso. Yeah. Like no, they'd be they'd be mad, and when, when rightfully so, it'd be hey, we, we we created that, right, right. And um, but yeah, so man, I'm <laughs> I went on a tangent again. It's all good, but yeah. But as an MC, be ready to be that mic controller at right. any time. You know. Be very, uh, like for example, I did a I do a weekly comedy show at J and K uh, J and K's Lounge, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Fly Jones and Jay Church showed oh, up. Oh yeah, what's up? To, yeah, yeah, the homies. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, Jay's a very charismatic guy. So you know, he's very social and all. He could probably I, do comedy if he wanted to. I, think. I have no doubt. I have no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like the stuff he posts on on Facebook is hilarious. Yeah, you think he's but, funny? Yeah, <laughs> and, and um, and I'm like, hey. Yeah, uh, you know, you want to do a song a cappella, and then this is what I say about sneaking. He even did it on me. Like, you want to do a song a cappella, mm-hmm. you know, because because I didn't want to deal with all that bullshit you were talking about. With like, oh, you know, here's this, right. you know, here's this thumb drive track five. Well, and he's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So then he get the you know, he takes his boy fly up there, and then they. I don't even know if it was like I think it might have plugged in their phone or plugged. In, I'm not sure they whatever. It out, yeah, yeah, but I mean immediately like before I could say, well, dude, 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 before I could say anything, plugged it in and was ready to go. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be able to be ready to go. Jay's actually, yeah. yeah, Jay, what's up to Jay? He's he's actually super. I mean, if you don't know him, he's really professional. He's really, he's always yeah. ready to go. He, like, always has a microphone in his book bag with a cable. <laughs> you know? There you go. Um, no, what's up to Jay? But, yeah. uh, so this will be out, uh, if you're listening to this, yeah. it's January 31st, Monday. Uh, so do you have anything coming up that you want to, uh, get, getting off yeah. promoting, into promoting, anything coming up uh, for this week of January 31st into February or... Yeah, uh, Wednesday I will be uh, uh, I will be at J and K J and K's lunch. I didn't even think about it, but Mars Tims was headlining then. I see. So here, the the legend I've been talking about. You can come check out uh, uh, Mars Tims uh, with Carly Mallison, and I. Fr- I don't think I've, I uh, booked like the. I think I didn't book the opening spot. Oh, oh, there's an opening. I know. Who, I, I know who I'm going to offer it to. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, Mars Tim's thing. Oh, I just need to go home and double check that now. Mars Tim's and Carly Mallison. Uh, then Thursday, uh, Mars and I are kicking off a new room in Beloit. Okay. At Captain Jack Hansen's, oh. which is run by Chris Jeebus, who's another you know. Oh, we got another, Jay, Jay Church in the kitchen there. Yeah, Jay Church is in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah, that's what's up, man. That's, yeah, as the, and it all goes back to hip hop, right. you know, and like and the, net, and, the networking. Yeah, man. and Chris, uh, well, at that point, it almost feels like family, man. Because like Chris and I went to high school together. <laughs> we, you know, and now he's like over here, you know, uh, you know. I'm actually, like managing, pr- promoting, like all these all other, all these you know, yeah. area rappers Another and such. Just yeah. multifaceted dude, um, and has, who also has very deep roots in hip hop. Yeah, Crazy. yeah, and you, and also, and who looks like me. I mean, I think if you told people we were related, they'd right. believe you. you and we've always been, like, you know, these you know, long-haired, scruffy, <laughs> leather-clad guys. Kind you like know, the, what like the different mom, same dad type of deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but that's what's up, though. Yeah, what's and, up and to- he's he's. Native, you know, I'm yeah. Latino. So I mean, it's like once, so once again, I mean, it just 
full circle. Yeah, yeah. Full circle. That's that's dope, man. I love that. Um, otherwise, if you can't make it out this Wednesday, uh, you could catch Marcos and all kinds of talented uh, comedians at J and K Lounge every Wednesday. Yes, uh, every every, every from, Wednesday. Uh, the time frame is. Uh, start the show starts uh, at eight eight ish. Okay. I'll this. Show up for the show. Uh, oh, you know, once again to the professional advice, show up for the show on time. Be ready for it to not start on time necessarily. Right. I try to never start the show any later than like fifteen minutes late. Sure, sure, sure. You know, and sometimes we'll start. I mean, sometimes it might be uh, be advertised for eight o'clock, and we'll start eight o one. Sure. But there's other times it's advertised for eight o'clock. We'll start at eight fifteen, depending on what's going. Like, remember. <laughs> Uh, one show I did recently where I was about to start it and the owner wanted to take a smoke break. Okay, cool. Go take your smoke break. <laughs> come back. Then we come back in. We're, we're ready to go. And then uh, Friday, I'm headlining at the Stockhouse Brewery in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Oh, wow. That's yeah. what's up. All the way out there, man. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was, Wauwatosa is what, like northern Milwaukee area? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very, it, it's a very um, fancy area. Cool, yeah, very, cool. Yeah. Very upper middle class area. So. That's cool, man. Well, shit. Good luck with all them shows yeah, again. Uh, every Wednesday, you could catch Marcos and the gang at J and K yeah. Lounge. Yeah. Um, and I know you're trying to wrap it up. No, Here's what I was saying for as far as advice for for MCs. I, I think that's still say. even out of you know, even even though yes, yes, I've been out of that specific game for a while. But I mean things that and. Once again, talking about the limited opportunities. Whenever you see any poetry events going on, bring your verses. Right. It's poetry. Absolutely. I mean, it, 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 it's poetry. Bring that out. Mm. And then if people like it, they'll ask you about it. And you're going to get people who don't like hip-hop who are now your fans. Right. We're like, oh, okay, well, well, all I know, you know, it's like, well, I just hear these guys. Like, I don't know who's popular right now. Oh, I don't even know his popular. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but it's like you know, people are like, oh, you know, it's like I just hear these these guys like you know, like Young Thug and and Little Dirk, and I can't, uh, I I can't, uh, I can't uh, identify with the little this, the right, sure. the with the baby this, baby that, right. you know, yeah, and like, okay, but but that what you said that that I feel like you said what I'm thinking, you know, right. and it's like, and that's great, yeah. and then and not only then have you made a new fan for yourself. You've made a new fan for hip hop. You, right. you 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 become an ambassador for the You've culture. Done way more. Yep. And as much look, and when it comes down to it, you know, I mean, we live in a capitalism. Adam Smith said, you know, the invisible hand, uh, you know, of economics, uh, uh, dictates how we function. And uh, Wu Tang Clan said, cream, you know, cash rules everything around me. Right. And it's the, the same principle. But even then, I mean, yes, we all want to get paid. We all want to make sure you're getting paid. You know, if you're doing this, if you're trying to make a living out of this, a practice getting paid. Sure. Just like you're practicing your bars, you're practicing your stage presence, practicing your breath control, practicing your mic control. Practice getting paid. Okay. But at the same time, be an ambassador. I, I mean, that's on the, that's on, you know, uh, Emiliano Zapata had a tierra y libertad. Yep. Okay, that's on the tierra side. Yep. That's like on the earthly concerns. Sure. But then as far as what's, uh, what's good for the spirit, what's good for the, for the libertad, right. you know, be an ambassador for the culture. And you're also, I mean, you're doing yourself a favor, but you're also doing a favor for the next man or woman. Yeah. Diversifying our crowds. Uh, um, and that's why, again, you know, that that's cool. I, that point, you know, going to the open mics or doing whatever. I mean, you're doing in hindsight, you're doing the same thing. Like when you yeah. when you strip down the when you strip off the beats, when you strip out the the chorus, 
you know you when you get that raw version it's like it's the same thing you know yep. um it's the same product yep, it, might even, it might even be better quality to some people but you're really opening up those doors for other people to uh embrace what you're doing and to become a fan to become a you know quote-unquote uh, client you know and get you paid get you gigs and and yeah it's just it's cool to to just be diverse to be open and to be uh looking out for those paper flyers at Weird Cafe, man, because you never know what's gonna pop up, and you can uh, yeah. you could bum rush it and, <laughs> and do your show and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted I wanted to recommend literally bum rushing the stage, but just find, you know, but figuratively. Yeah, I mean, like for example, like you know, I'm not gonna let just anyone up on the stage. But sure. Jay Church, I know who Jay Church is. Right. I know that whatever he does, it's quality. Or at least to and so have have that you know have that reputation. And when there is a case, you never know. I mean, like for example, like I wound up opening up for Razcast. Like, were you at that show? Uh, Good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I wasn't even. I mean, I wasn't even booked for that show. Mm. But uh, you know, Raz was running late, and then uh, and the uh, promoter, you know, Trevor Hembrose, like, hey man, you want to get up on on stage and do a set? I'm like, all right. I'm like. Uh, and I got up there and, and did my thing. And just being an MC, uh, filling those gaps, yep. which a lot of times I've, I've been in that same situation where it's yeah. like, oh, you know, we're not starting for another 20 minutes. All right, I'm good. You know, I, I know me, my, my level of skill for the things that I do, I can compensate for two or three hours if I have to. It's, yeah. it's never happened. But, you know, it, it's just a part of the game when you're a performer to, to stretch out, you know, uh, um, sometimes you just have to compensate for late people. And, and, and don't be that person there who's late, man. Don't be that. <laughs> yeah be be professional be professional yeah. be assertive promote yourself i mean there's a lot of great tips today dude uh, i mean really yeah. appreciate yeah. everything yeah. that you've been treated like you would any other job you know whatever Absolutely. you see other you, anyone you see successful who's being successful in anything you can probably apply those same principles to uh, what you're trying to do whether it's whether it's hip-hop whatever you can yeah. probably apply those same same principles absolutely yeah and like i said earlier a lot of stuff that i do for breaking i apply it to my life you know everyday life you know yes. so the the stuff that you learn from uh rapping from uh being uh, uh on the crowd mic control i mean you apply it to what you do now uh obviously you've been very successful at it you're like constantly like i constantly see you working in yeah. in you know northern illinois area in wisconsin you know all over man so i yeah. think that's cool indiana dude. michigan you know, the whole iowa hawaii bmo harris bank center yeah everywhere man cow yeah <laughs> all over the place man yeah. so dude that's that's what's up man uh, i really appreciate you stopping by uh really appreciate all the advice i hope anyone who's listening really uh um um, um takes all that into consideration and if you want to hear from the man himself again you can catch him every wednesday night yep. and, uh, at J and K lounge, lounge. Yeah. Uh, i think we got zen in there sometimes bartending yeah yeah it's fun we have some great discussions after the show I, yeah we just uh, i was yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I, I was with him on friday actually for last friday i had yeah. some drinks so um yeah man but we're gonna wrap it up again thanks marcos for stopping by uh thanks to everyone let, who's let, let me let me ask you a one. question really okay quick. i want to ask you a question okay. and you can probably edit it out no, or no, whatever we're, we're gonna okay. it all on let me ask you because this is something i heard some people talking about um would you say that at this point chicano rap and hip-hop have become two different genres and if so how would you characterize the differences Chicano rap become its own become its own genre. Yes, I think it's always been its own genre. A lot, and it's a good thing and a bad thing. The bad thing is that like they only they've kind of scapegoated themselves where they they can only perform to certain areas. Like yeah. the Chicano rap guys only really do the lowrider circuit. Um, so it's 
but but they have their niche audience which is mainly like in texas california las vegas area and if they could live off that cool if that makes them happy cool but then you got like cypress hill who yeah. is more like universal and but yeah. they come from the same roots i mean mellow mayonnaise send dog you know be real these they were all in the same like crew of, of guys but they're the route that they chose with the type of music that they chose made them more universal more like uh, uh accepted in hip-hop yeah like you know kid frost doesn't get many mentions past hispanic causing panic yeah you know everything else is like oh that's you know everything after that was just chicano rap his first album was like quote-unquote like the hip-hop yeah. that's more recognized amongst everybody so i mean there's good and bad to that i think yes it's its own genre it's become its own and i mean i've even seen now like chicano bands with like uh or chicano rap groups with like live bands doing like the top box stuff and the kind of like g-funk stuff i think it's cool, cool but yeah. it's it's very like it's very very niche you know yeah and i think it only applies to a certain age group i don't know if it really transcends to the younger like anyone under 30 might not be rocking with it uh, at least that not that i see i like a lot of people who are performing that are older probably in their like late 40s to 50s yeah how old is sad boy loco he's up there ain't he yeah. or i don't know i mean because i know all these guys are, are 50 like kid, like yeah kid, kid frost oh, is yeah, 50 yeah. And, you know middle mayonnaise is 50 something uh, yeah you know uh, even uh who was it? I was listening to like Mr. Night Owl and Mr. Shadow. They're all like in their like probably getting close to fifties. Yeah. So I don't know what the generation holds after that. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's I a good know. point. Yeah, that's another one. We'll have the we'll come back to that one. We'll do a we'll come back for Cinco de Mayo. We'll have a bunch of we'll have the few Mexican rappers in Rockford, and we'll have a discussion about current times or something like that but we'll do that on another show now that i got the juices thinking maybe we should do something for like sink of the mind or something something special something different uh you know yeah. latinos and hip-hop but that being said we're gonna wrap it up uh again thanks uh, thanks marcos for the question and thanks for coming by man appreciate it dude until next time everybody uh this is breaks beats boom bap and beyond and you've been rocking with the best and we will catch you next time peace out